What's happening? It's Contrast Uncut, Season 2, Episode 24. It's the Kobe episode. Uh, Uncle Snoop's Army Bobby D presents. I appreciate you guys. Today, everybody, I got a very, very special guest. You know, he's a real estate mogul. He's been involved in so much on the hip-hop scene, the music scene. He's also, you know, one of them faces you have seen on television. You know, I have none other than Mr. Suge J. Knight, everybody. What's happening, brother? What up, what up, what up, man? Man, I can't complain, bro. I'm blessed, quarantine, virus-free, out the way. Exactly. That part. Yeah, yeah. So, man, let me hit you with the quote, and then, you know, uh, let me know how it relates to you or if it doesn't. So, people don't know how hard it is to have your own business, Suge Knight. Ooh, shit. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, that's the truth. Because people don't know what it takes to get your own business going. You know, it's a lot of, it's a lot more workers than bosses out there, so. Man, they don't even know it's a chain of command in this real life stuff. Yeah, exactly. All, every, you know, when you're your own boss, you gotta, Make everything, all your decisions is based off of you. It's not of what you, you know, somebody making for you. Can't expect nobody to give you the best. You gotta give yourself the best. Exactly, exactly. See, uh, my father, uh, back in the day, in the 90s, late 80s, he had a cab company called Valley Cab, and he passed away in 91. So like, pretty much, I grew up in the struggle, but I had the gifts of all these things that my family has, but, you know, we grew up poor. So, you know, it's it's in me, but it's not on me. You know what I'm saying? It took a while to get some of this stuff on me. You know what I'm saying? And so I take my hat off to you because, you know, you've been through the struggle through it all. And at the same time, bro, you're able to have it in you and still have to take the time to leave your imprint on really society. Yeah, man. Quick question. Why you, why you say your family was poor? Like, I know I probably financial situations, but like, what made you poor? To be very honest, bro, my mom made poor decisions with her money and, you know, other people's money when you're growing up. And so the struggle became real. Choices are real. You know, when you can't control your own destiny, all you can do is support your mom and, and take care of your brothers and sisters, you know what I'm saying, and smile through it. Real talk, real talk. Right? You know, man, like, yeah, everybody go, everybody go through some type of struggle, you know, any, any background, whatever. Millionaires, people who have nothing. It's like it's something that makes them, but it's like the obstacles that you go through. It's with, it's with pretty much molds you into that person who you are today. Yeah. Uh, you got so chains on, shit. You went, you know what you have to go do to get that. So yes, sir. Yes, sir. These handbone chains, you feel me? I appreciate them. <laughs> yeah. Tiger bead eyes, like you know, the whole inner space and aura is deep. So I gotta rock my tiger bead eyes, you know, just to to keep it right. Okay. Um, yeah, man. So okay. I got to get into my segment. I asked all my guests this question and you know, it's across the board for you because you're involved in so many different aspects. Did the game choose you or did you choose the game? Oh, that's a great question. Um, let me say it like this. I chose the game, you know, because you know, I don't let nothing choose me. All my choices, I, I made that choice. You know, I could have sat back and been I could have easily been at Fisk University, you know what I'm saying, before making that choice. People don't know my background, right? I was a HBCU college student, and I was trying to figure it out how to maintain, you know, pay for college and figure out what's my next career, you know what I'm saying? So, 
No, I chose, I made that choice. So I dropped out of college and I went ahead and came back to LA. And started building that legacy. Started building that, you know, started building my legacy. Exactly, exactly. And you know, it's, it's you know, unfortunately you got some information that hits online. So you, some of your business adventures are out there. <laughs> yeah, for real, that's the, that's the era that we in, you know, we got, we got the internet back then, they had word of mouth. So, yeah. Shit is you gotta you gotta watch what you say and watch what you do. Man, media intelligence is important like a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. But uh so you know how did that you know transition into what you're doing today? I mean like from that choice from from pretty much leaving school and, and you know going back to what your gut is telling you to do, like what was the highs and lows for you during that transition? Shit, that transition was just like quick, you know, I don't know, it, as a young dude, you just want to just find out what you, you don't know what your goal, you don't know what your career is, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't know if you could, you could be a TV actor, you could be a lawyer, you don't know what your career is, you don't have your life planned out. So at, the, at that moment, I was just thinking like, man, I'm spending more bread, you know, I'm investing myself for the school. But at the same time, it's like, man, I don't think it's the best choice for me right now, you know? and Shoot, I put it in God's hands. I'm like, you know, I'm gonna take this, I'm gonna take this risk and I'm gonna go back to LA and I'm gonna just figure it out figure it out on my own based off the, the knowledge that I do have. Like I do wanna go plan to go back to school with some shit, but it ain't like really go back to school now until I look at it. It's more just I wanna just learn more information. I don't gotta get charged for the information, I just wanna learn more. Right, right. You know, I say knowledge is power, but when you use that knowledge, it's your superpower. Yeah, for sure, for because sure. A lot of situations, like people don't know the stuff OGs tell you, you know, that keep you alive, that keep you happy, that keep you on all type of different elements that have you where you don't even touch a vibe. On everything your OGs tell you the right things. You gotta listen to Exactly. So, you know, shit, while we talking about it, you wanna leave something with the youngsters that's on the left with you, that stuck with you? Yeah, um, Sure, I ain't an OG yet, nigga, but I'm a young OG, I guess. But like, you know, shit, if you wanna make it money, you gotta have balls. <laughs> you gotta go, you gotta go take that shit. Like, it ain't, it ain't no, it ain't no fair. Life ain't fair. So it, it ain't no fair game. So, you know, somebody might be working hard as you and somebody might not, might not be. It's what you make out of that shit, to be honest. You gotta be hungry for that shit. I was hungry for that shit. I knew, Shit, I got tired of living living how I was living. I'm like, nah, this ain't, school was all right, whatever. Uh, bitches that was like sixes, whatever, is turning me down, whatever, they taking me serious and shit. All right, cool, cool, whatever. I'm gonna go out, leave LA, pay my dues, figure shit out, find out what I wanna do. And now I'm doing what I wanna do. Shit, I got, I got a TV show out already. I got another show in the, in the, in the works that I'm like producing. So I learned that industry. I pretty much dropped out of school, went to the TV world, and learned the behind the scenes of this whole TV network and shit. And it's just real talk, man. A good attitude, professional attitude, pretty much got me there. Like, shoot, a lot of us get caught up in that. We gotta, we gotta be aggressive as fuck. Like, you know, like it's nothing wrong being aggressive, but it's like you gotta keep it. Some of us misinterpret how keeping a gangster is. Like, keep it a gangster is just handle your business, 
and don't get emotional with your with the, with the shit. And don't crack. Like shit don't go your way. Don't get emotional about it. All right, whatever. Shit, I'm gonna find something that worked for me. Over time, that ha- that that you, it happens for whatever, whatever. All, over your experience, it'll happen for you. That's pretty much it, man. Yeah, I say it's like, you know, we go through them thousand no's to get that one big yes. And then that one big yes will start creating more yeses to a snowball effect. And then, you know, you have a snow day after that. Facts. Hell yeah. And shit, sometimes that no is a favor. You got to go out there and figure it out. Exactly. A lesson. These labels probably didn't sign them or a network didn't pick them up or some shit. And you didn't even know what the contract was. You wasn't as experienced. Like I went through pretty much so many levels of just contracts and understanding what the shit is, and then hiring to hire an entertainment lawyer and figuring doing all this shit on my own. It's like okay, now I understand this business. It's a whole different beast. Like, right. It's more than just being famous. It's more than just stunting on niggas. It's really stuff. It's a real career. Shit. <laughs> they, they don't teach this shit in, in college. It's a real career. It's absolute longevity. And so, you know, with that being said, and we on the topic, what's something that people got fucked up about the industry? Man, people think the industry is everybody's your friend. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Niggas think you're, everybody's your friend. Like, you know, if you a rapper, and your rapper like your picture, he commented 100, 100, this shit fire and shit. You automatically assume he your friend. And then all of a sudden, he rap with somebody you don't like or you had beef with. And he like, I thought we was homies or some shit. And now you fucked your shit over because you can't get songs out because you you emotionally in your feelings. So it's just, I don't know, it's maturity, bro. It is, it ain't everybody at your friend. It's all business. You can't take shit personally. That's pretty much it. Like, you can't preaching bruh because a lot of the time that that you get told this is when you work in a regular nine to five job if someone tells you to take out the trash and you like i don't take out the trash at home but they're paying you to do a reasonable task it's like you know what do you expect and you say no bruh that you get your lose your job that's real life and if you don't like that job shit, you should apply for the higher position that that's how that shit works so it's just you got to pick and choose your balance Pick and choose your battles, what it is. So, you be saying pick and choose your battles. It leads to my next question. You know, if Death Rose was yours, would yeah. you be different than your father, or what would you do now? To be honest, I wouldn't do anything, but if it, even if it was mine, because it's, it's still my father's, they going through that whole uh, legal battle. But, nah, honestly, Death Row Records is a black, successful black company. And that successful black company gave us all the founding fathers of hip hop. So you got your Dre's, your Shugs, you mean like you got everybody, you know what I'm saying? Snoop. So with stuff like that, looking at the at the industry now, all of our shoot, black entertainment, which are just minority minorities, we fund this motherfucker. And black. the people who own that shit don't be black, they be white. So I wouldn't do anything to Death Row Records because that's a really really successful black owned fucking uh label that took off and that's what made it so one thing like i grew up in la like and then when i got older in college and stuff i found my way to like south central area and i used to hear stories about like your pops and he used to be doing the backpack backpack drives giving away turkeys and doing all these big things back in the day before people were 
on the social media talking about it, getting the news involved and talking about it. And so, you know, how is that rubbing off to you today and, you know, what you do for the community? Oh, man, that's, I want to follow the lead. You know what I'm saying? I want to just follow the lead with it. I, I try to find more ways to do, be more creative with it, to see what people actually, because you know, like, that was cool. My pops was doing stuff for the community, you know, giving backpacks out, all that cool, cool. My thing is, it's like, I would teach a trade to those young Because I went to Crenshaw High School. I was real fortunate, my nigga, but when I went to Crenshaw High School, because I only went for football, to seeing the different lifestyles of people. He laughing and shit. I only went for football. Football, man. Yeah. Man, I know football and I went to that shit and I was like, oh, I got to play Because all the players is in playing the ghetto schools. You good. Man, I went to a game once and I wore the wrong hat and had my brim stomped out and just had to accept I lost $40. Oh, damn. Oh, hell no. Bruh, shit. You know, I'm still standing. You hear me? <laughs> Pride ain't shit. <laughs> Yeah. I, I know when to be respectful, man. Oh, I'm in the wrong neighborhood with the wrong stuff on my back. Yeah, but I don't know, man. See, people, people different, man. Yeah, shit. Smart you wear. Like, I get you. I be smart. Smart you around, surrounded. Oh yeah, shit. I, you don't think I bought the hat again? You feel me? I ain't wear it back over there. I learned what you feel me what to wear. <laughs> yeah gotta adapt and you know you gotta be respectful in areas i mean if someone disrespects you it's a different thing but when you coming off the ground like i did i understood <laughs> i got you i got you but shit man all nah, like them people them hoods and shit or just not even just hoods man motherfuckers just be lost and they don't be knowing what's up they be thinking that's their only way of lifestyle that's you know i gotta rob this nigga that's all i got Oh, that's my back against the wall. I ain't, I, ain't, I ain't got nothing else to do. You know what I'm saying? So that's why my whole thing is instead of giving away shit, because when you give shit to people, donate shit to people, all they do is just want to keep receiving shit. They want never, they want more, 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 more. You give a man a fish, he won't want to fish, whatever. I don't know, I ain't really religious, but I just know that. Should you teach a motherfucker how to do some shit, then maybe, maybe they'll teach themselves how to eat because it's, it's on them. It ain't progress lies exactly because like those it goes it goes a long way you got school systems that's fucked up you know like them school systems in the, in the inner cities they ain't preparing those kids for them fucking tests and then like now how the society is the, the kids test they don't really mean shit the sat don't mean shit now so it's just like college about to not mean shit <laughs> really as the onion continues to unravel society is just you know just it is what it is it is what it is. So if you like fuck the donations, just teach these niggas, not niggas, my bad. Teach these young dudes or young people how to a trade or something, how to keep themselves a skill to keep themselves a skill to help them survive, basically. Teach them a skill to help them survive, and there it is there. That shit. Oh shit. You know, it's, it's a saying I've learned from, you know, being in the industry and it actually applies to so many different things if you really think about it. You gotta break the, lure, break the rules and that's where progress lies. You know what I'm saying? By you teaching everybody how to fish, it takes away, yeah, you being the only person that could get the fish for them, but now we got a whole community rising and now we all rising together to make more moves and, and, you know, more money in society is better, period. Exactly, that part. 
So I got my awareness segment. We talking about this deep stuff. Let me go ahead and transition to it. You know, there's a lot of youngsters out there that, you know, don't know what to do when them red and blue lights come on, that high beam hit the back of their neck, that blurp sound can hit next. And so I asked all my interview people, uh, pretty much when was the last time they were pulled over or, you know, something that stood out from one of the times they were pulled over. So that, you know, one, that we can get the education of what you did to survive the situation. And two, just, you know, let them know it's real life out there. Shit, I, I, might, I, might, I might not be the best example, bro, because shit, yeah. like, what, two, two weeks ago, like two weeks ago, shit, me and my homeboy, we was smoking in the car. We parked in front of dentist. Niggas got so high like that. We forgot to go outside. We were just in the car and just, like bumping the music and shit. And then the police pulled right up behind us. We ain't we not like driving them. We in the parking lot. They like they open we open the window, smoke coming out and shit. They're like, oh, oh, what you guys doing? You know, we in Woodland Hills and shit. What you guys doing? I'm like, oh shit, I'm just high as fuck. Like, uh, damn. Um shit, we smoking. <laughs> that's what I said, we smoking. That's what we that's what we doing. And she, you know, the whole procedure. I kept, I kept calm though. This is the tip: you gotta keep calm. Don't. Yeah, I started recording my phone real quick on the low, but like, I just kept calm with him. And I was like, okay, you know, we listen for sure. He pulled out my ID. Then he see my name. Oh, Shug Jacob Knight. Oh shit, what the fuck? And he's like, what the fuck? You Shug son? Oh shit, man. What, I, I love that, bro. Oh hell yeah, dog. Hell, yeah, man, I love that show. Hell yeah, man. So then that shit just carried on. I got, I got, I got set off the hook, let off the hook. I don't think I would be the best example for that shit. But I'm gonna just say this: don't get, just don't be in the fucking, just stay away from the police. <laughs> stay the fuck away from the police. Ain't no tips or nothing. Shit, you go to jail or some shit. Don't snitch. Don't talk. Don't. I don't know. Man, but you said the key thing throughout it all. You said stay calm. When you oh, yeah. stay nervous, they really, a lot of them's really punks on the under. Like you got some ones, but a lot of them's real punks on the under. You know, you know, a, a boss backward is a stupid son of a bitch. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah. turn the light on. Like that. Black blue, 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 Nah, that's real shit. Motherfuckers. Nah, you gotta just stay calm with that shit, man. Like, it is what it is. She got caught up. <laughs> yeah, go through the process. That you was lacking. She got caught up. Yeah, real talk. All right. Um, now, since we uh, got on to the serious talk, let's have some fun, bruh. My next uh, thing is called Trading Places, or it's like Freaky Friday. You know, the whole idea is that people are waking up in different bodies. Oh, yeah, yeah, I seen that movie. So, uh, question number one, or we take two iconic people, we trade their lives, and we talk about it. So, question number one is, will it work? And question number two is, what would life be like if they traded places? Okay. So, today for you, I got Jackie Chan trading places with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So, Jackie Chan traded places with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Yep. Like, they switched their bodies? Yeah. Now, Damn. it work. You think Jack got that pressure of being smart, changing I'm, his name? Shit. 
from Lou, what is it, Lou Alcindor to, to Kareem, you think you could have handled all of that? I'm, man, I'm gonna be honest, bro. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is just a, like, I know he played basketball for the Lakers, right? Yep. Okay, okay, okay. Now look, I don't really know too much about Kareem. I don't know too much about that dude. Jackie Chan, an Asian man going to a black man body. I know Jackie Chan gonna be happy as fuck. <laughs> He's gonna be happy as fuck. Like, oh, I'm about to fuck all these bitches. All of these bitches are about to get this pipe. Nigga, ain't I'm tall, I'm a tall basketball player, motherfucker. Oh yeah. Now Jack Kareem, he might be mad as fuck. So he might start whooping niggas' asses. He might not even be fucking bitches. He's like, what the fuck? Like everything, I'm short, everything smaller on me. It's hitting me. Man, he gonna do like 10 extra movies. He's gonna <laughs> Can't the movies. Fucking niggas up. That's it. <laughs> that's it. Oh, shit. Hey, that's real talk, bro. He was yeah. like, if it did happen, it was like this. But the reality is, nah. Jackie Chan ain't going to get no pass. Have you seen Rush Hour? Oh, shit. I got Jackie Chan mixed up with motherfucking Bruce Lee. My bad. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I seen Rush Hour. <laughs> Which one? Wait, it's three rush hours. I got I got that nigga mixed up. Jackie Chan a good stunt man though. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, Lee and, and and Kareem would be a crazy trading places too. I ain't gonna lie, cause they Ooh. fucking smart as hell. Who smart? Kareem man and uh Bruce Lee. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know too much, but. Oh yeah, shit, bro. I got this thing where I like do research and shit. You smoke something and, and read, and, and next thing you know, you know a lot about a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, on this quarantine, I'm out here sober as sober as fuck. So I'm like, I might start to get into that. Man, you don't have to, man, because shit, you got to do something while we on this damn adventure of a uh, quarantine and staying virus free, damn it. Heck yeah, man. So bro, I got this next segment. It's called Impulse Q and A, and you know the idea is that uh, you give impulse answers. Uh, it's like trading. I mean, cards. You feel me? They don't pay me, so I don't say the name of the cards. But they got good questions, and they're like really for fan interaction. So I be taking like in that aspect. I randomly grab three, and you got an option to pass. So plus one, two, three, boom, boom. And here we go. Question number one. What's something people think makes them look cool, but actually makes them look ridiculous? Say it again. What's something that people wear that they think is cool, but makes them really look ridiculous? Oh, shit. Niggas with them fucking um, hanging uh, cross earrings, like them bad bunny earrings. That shit is gay as fuck. I don't know what niggas thought that shit was, but that is not it, my nigga. That, that shit is out. With that whole hanging, dangling, any earring, earrings not supposed to dangle, niggas. Nah, nah. No dangling. No dangling. Question number two. What's something that I would never guess about you? Shit, I'm crazy, nigga. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm real, real. Most people, I get the impression that people are like, oh, yeah, I'm a great guy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But shit. I, I, I had to get work on that. Yeah, people, so, yeah. Remember, it's in you, not on you. Yeah. 
Real talk. No, I understand. <laughs> All right, question number three. Who or where would you haunt if you were a ghost? Oh, shit. I'm for sure. Okay, that's, that's two people. Two people. I'm for sure, I'm for sure, for sure, just looking at Kendall Jenner. Yeah, because I'm, I'm spying on her ass all different day. Just, ooh, I'm just fucking, I, actually, I would just fuck with the whole Kardashian house. Just, ooh, that would be fun. And then the other thing, I would probably, shit, shit, I'd probably visit my pops in the damn jail. So, hey, nigga, I'm a ghost, but nigga, you here, nigga, what's up? <laughs> you see, I'm trying to play some dominoes. I can't stop the dominoes. Nah, this fuck me around. I see him all the time. Nah, I get a better answer. Um, I would probably spy on Donald Trump or right. Dr. Or Fauci, whatever. I was trying to see what this called coronavirus shit is real, like because they don't know if this shit is real or it's some fucking five G internet. I don't know. It's a lot of shit on the on the news. Yeah, no, nah, that shit is crazy as fuck. The whole UN and and uh, what is it? Uh, something twenty thirty or something? Yeah, I know what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm most excited for coming up because you know during this quarantine time, everybody's uh pretty much depressed or or in their feelings, and a lot of people are blessed to keep on trying to wiggle through all this and so or they have stuff that was already prepared to come out no matter what was going on. So what are you most excited for? Oh, for like the year? Yeah, coming up, like, you know, three months from now, six months, whatever. Uh, man, I'm uh, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to my show, um, the second season of my shit coming up. Um, I'm looking for the next show, my next projects. I'm looking forward to all my projects coming out because we all got, we all good on that shit. I've been handling my biz, my part. Um, shoot, more music that's coming out. I put a lot of my homies on, so it's like, I've been doing a lot of background work, like a lot of just shit. This I built a solid foundation, so I want to I want to see what I put out here. So I'm looking forward to all that. Man, any shout outs on the artists you working with? You got KL the rap artist, KL KL the rapper. That's one of my um, artist dudes. He's pretty dope. He did a song with uh, G per, B, uh, G Perico, Ride to LA. I got that on the first de- new Death Row album. Um, the second one you got. Uh, big workout. <laughs> Another nigga that's coming up, coming out big with it. I, I now I'm seeing. Um, I want to get KL. I'm for sure gonna get KL. I'm probably um, Nate Dog's son, Lil Nate. He doing that shit hard. So this real West Coast shit is blowing up. The shit, the, the fucking Detroit scene. So got that side of baby and FMP. Got shit coming out. You gotta keep it going. Yeah, no, that's a good link. Cause the the style and sounds mixed together makes some mod, like some real real monster shit. And the th- man, I caught on before that shit. Like before it kind of blew up, I was like, oh damn! Like the Midwest people was fucking with was fucking with LA people real heavy. So I'm like, all right. Like, so I'm just excited for this new year coming up. Like you know, uh, what do you feel is in your position? Is it better to break your own artist or, or to get your artist to work with a, I mean, a, like get them on something big as a big single or get them involved working with the dream artists? If I own a single, you're gonna push the single because you could just tour with that single. You could do a lot with that, just that one single. That's the goal. 
You want to just have one big ass hot single and just make as much money you can off that one single. Then like, then like, you know, have set up your campaign. Because you got dudes, they'll, have, they'll drop like 10 albums. You're like, damn nigga, why did you drop 10 albums? Like, the fuck is you doing? Why do you need a fucking 25 track mixtape? Everybody don't know who you is yet. So it's just, you just need one solid single. Shit, you at least be a, a fucking one hit wonder. Just the one solid single will take you. And that's all you need. Everybody making it too hard. They be making it too hard, too difficult. They trying too hard. Shit, you can look at, listen to Drake's song. That Tootsie Slide shit. That nigga is not trying hard at all. Left foot up, right foot slide. Yeah, you know, nigga just like this. Okay, the song for this. Boom. But everybody else be too worried about I'm the hardest nigga, I'm the realest nigga. Niggas, fuck these niggas. Niggas is hating on me. Be like, my nigga, every time I listen to your song, I'm very angry. <laughs> I'm just, I just want to hurt people. I can't listen to shit like that. No, nobody want to party with that. Don't nobody want to party with that. You can't bring niggas, you can't bring gangsters to parties because that, that shit is going to just, niggas drink, and then all it take. Throw your hood up. Yeah, I told different people throwing their hoods up. That's it. And see, so you done fucked off the money for a bunch of people just because you I done fucked off the money. <laughs> That's real shit. Fucked off the money. So, you know, about to wrap up the whole show, bro. And, you know, I do this thing where I flip it back on the guests and uh, catch you off guard, too. Because I say, you got any questions for me? Nah, uh, shit, man. Um, who y'all interview lately? This year. Uh, shit. Uh, Jay White did it. Uh, the producer that did Megan Thee Stallion's uh, Savage, and he did a uh, Bodak Yellow, and I like it for uh, Cardi B. Uh, I've interviewed Brian Hooks. I've interviewed uh, Sap. Sap did Victory Lap. Uh, we just did that the day uh, Nipsey passed away. Uh, but he also mm-hmm. did Mac Miller's Donald Trump and watching movies in silent. He did Game Celebration. Their Grammy nom uh Jay White won two Grammys and Sap Grammy nominated. I had Garen uh from South Central. He was on the song Dedicated, you know, Dedication with Kendrick and Nipsey. He's the background. And then, you know, he also was on uh he got Grammy nominated for Revenge of the Summer. Let's see. Uh, who else? Who else? I had DJ Reed from the San Francisco 49ers on here. Uh that's right, cool. Thought you got a nice roster, bro. All right, good stuff. Oh yeah, last season I had Baker Boys, I had uh, Asia on here, Slim 400. Uh, like I spread it all the way around. Like I dig, I work with like every, the whole common denominator success stories. You know, yeah. I want to show everybody inspiration from deep down where like people come from the struggle. Like I came from the struggle and, and had all the skills in me, but if I don't reach my potential, I'm just, you know, wasted energy. And wasted energy becomes nine to five and living a life of regret. And that's something I wasn't for. And so I know it's a lot more people like me, but don't have no one to push them. And so I'm like, man, let me open up this platform and really talk to people and keep this as a denominator. I got Bobby D. He, uh, I interviewed him and was blessed to be able for him to present my show shortly after that. And then recently, Uncle Snoop's Army got involved with presenting my show. And so here we are today. I'm in a blessed situation. Keep it moving, bro. Keep it pushing. As long as it keep you happy, should keep you keep you motivated. Man, it's been a pleasure and an honor. Shout out Bobby D presents Uncle Snoop's Army. 
I've had the honor and the pleasure of really just getting to, to really chop it up with this young brother that, that's really a mogul on the scene and really making a difference from what you see on TV to what you hear on them speakers. Man, Suge J Knight, brother, I appreciate you, bro. What an episode. Thank you, bro. Thank you for having me, homie. I'm denominator. Okay. What up, y'all? This Shook J Knight from Contrast Uncut. Check this, check this shit out. Hold on, we good? You all right? Yeah, no, bro, I'm rocking with you. I'm just, you feel me? Oh, okay. Y'all, it's Shook J Knight with Contrast Uncut. Shit, turn it up. Check out the interview. Shout out to Boy. Get it. Hey. Without jewelry on, hit a jail pose, take a flick, feel like pocket, keep your head up. Biggie shooting juice, the coach is still alive, you slap me proof. King, nigga.